All right, good morning, folks. What's up? Welcome to Tuesday, Tuesday, June 6, 2023. Welcome to episode number 381 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, CJ, Kerry, Sean Washington, Terrence Banks, Kenneth Ruff coming in from the UK, folks on LinkedIn, folks on YouTube, folks in the Simply Cyber Squad community, and you are going to be tearing through the top cyber news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner, or if you're looking to break in the industry, we've got you covered. There's going to be massive value here for every single one of you. I guarantee it. Before we get into it, though, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors, starting with Barricade Cyber Solutions. My good friend Eric Taylor and squad members, if you got a, if you're a squad member, hit that Barricade Cyber emote, would you? Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to biz- helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that. They can help you before bad happens. They can definitely help you while bad is happening. They can get you back up and running in a expedient manner. Give them a call. Give them a checkout. Check them out at BarricadeCyber.com. Links in the description below. Nicole Ellis Perez knows what's up. CybersecJS knows what's up. On screen right now, if you're watching the stream, this is Barricade Cyber's website. Eric Taylor's calendar is right here. Guys, it's, it's literally two clicks away. You can meet with them tonight, tomorrow, whatever. Have a conversation. Get things set up. You do not want to be figuring out. I've said this before. You don't want to be figuring out, like, which fire department to call when your house is engulfed in flames, right? You don't want to do that. You want to have that all set up in advance. Do an ounce of prevention, right? You don't want to be this guy, the dog. This is fine. That's not what we're up to. Also want to say shout out and love to Panopsi Security. I love their continued support. Thank you so much, Brandon Poole and the whole team over there. Panopsi Security offers managed security services, but they also do quantified risk assessments, which is essentially an activity that comes in and looks at your people, process, and technology across your particular industry, business size, and threat landscape, and basically digs in and gives you a uh, statistically sound evidence Uh, based um, probability of how likely you are to suffer certain uh, cyber incidents, right? Ransomware, business email compromise, running your mill, commodity malware, whatever it is. Um, And then the output will allow you to invest intelligently to say like, oh, if I I give, you know, whatever, uh, if I invest in multi-factor authentication, if we invest in, you know, privileged access management, if we just remove domain admin credentials from all the IT staff, Wow, we've reduced risk, right? So, but you don't know that until you actually do the exercise, right? There we go. Had to fix the old camera. Little little hardware issue. All right. So, thanks again to the stream sponsors. Now, if you're live with us, I see 136 of you beautiful people. We're gonna double that before the end of the day, I hope. Let me know you're here with a hashtag Team Live. Good morning, guys. I've been doing this show. I've been doing Simply Cyber for three years. I've been doing this threat briefing for over a year and a half. 381 episodes in a row. I think this might be the first time that I'm a little under the weather, so it kind of sucks. Please bear with me. I'm doing everything I can <clears throat> for my hashtag Team Live and my hashtag Team Replay. If you catch it on replay um, in the no- in the show comments, definitely drop a hashtag Team Replay. I love 
Uh, you know, I, I usually take about 30 minutes uh, in the evening and go through team replay and drop some hearts or reply to comments. And, you know, I, I see you team replay. So thanks so much for being part of the Simply Cyber community. We're all part of the same community. We just participate different ways. And that's why inclusion is so uh, important to me, right? And why I, I practice what I preach. Thanks so much, Adrian Harris. So if you're here and you got to go early or you got here late and you're trying to double time to catch up, hashtag team hybrid in chat. Let us know it is not COVID-23. <laughs> Jesus. So uh, team hybrid. And then finally, my favorite, James McQuiggan, man. Yes, I did beat James McQuiggan. I wasn't going to tell anyone in chess this weekend. My first true W that's not fluky against James McQuiggan. Just become best friends. Yep. We started a new match. I'm playing the black, so I'm coming at him with an aggressive defense. You feel me, James? You feel the heat coming in at you from the kitchen? All right, guys. So uh, hashtag passive observer. If you're shy, socially introverted, you're here on the regular or you're it's your first time here and you just see chat streaming by like a raging river and you're like, how do I get involved with that? I feel intimidated. I don't have anything to add to that conversation. People are gonna think I'm stupid. If any of these thoughts have crossed your mind while you're looking at chat, push them aside, go hit hashtag passive observer, make it your first comment and step into the light of professional networking. It is so incredibly valuable. Believe me, you will be so much happier once you've started doing it and it will become easier um, it will become easier, right? Just lean into it, my friend. Believe that. All right, guys. Uh, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief is worth half a CPE. Braxton Crowley, hello. And if someone says hashtag passive observer chat, please welcome them. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, a, a little preoccupied up here, but uh, I definitely want everybody to know that they are welcome, whether they're very active or they're passive observers. All right, guys. Stay tuned to the uh, jawjacking segment today and the mid-roll. It's tid it's Tuesday, so it's Tidbits Tuesday. Uh, every two every day every every oh my god. Every day has a special segment. Today is Tidbits Tuesday where I'll reveal a little bit of something about me, personal. Um, you know, see if we if we jive on it. It usually turns into a great conversation. And then obviously I've got a lot to do on the jawjacking segment, including updates on Simply CyberCon updates on squad engagement. So stay tuned. It's going to be fun. But for now, what I would love for you to do, Braxton and all the others, I'd like for you to sit back, relax, and let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over you in an awesome wave. I'll see you guys all at the mid-roll. Cheers. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Tuesday, June 6th, 2023. Satellite hacking at DEF CON. Earlier this week, a SpaceX rocket carried the Moonlighter satellite into space, and it will soon be in orbit. The Aerospace Corporation built Moonlight in partnership with the U.S. Space Systems Command and the U.S. Air Force Research Lab. It will serve as a hacking sandbox in space with systems designed to support in-orbit cybersecurity yep. exercises. At DEF CON this August, five teams will seek to remotely hijack Moonlighter as part of an exercise to better harden space systems. Given the redundancy built into satellites and other space systems, developers often don't prioritize security hardening. Oh, this is fun. Atomic. This is really fun. Okay, so, uh, hold on one second. This is really cool. All right, give me a second. I just wanted to see if there's any graphics. Okay, there is a graphic. Um, Again, James McQuiggan, I hit the, the sounder, but thanks a lot for uh, your continued support. James McQuiggan, uh, just a regular uh, 
consistent uh, Simply Cyber community member and greater cybersecurity community member as well. All right, guys, so check this out. This is very, very cool. Um, like I almost, uh, like if I, if I was feeling better, I would do the Will Ferrell from, uh, Zoolander, like satellite hacking is so hot. Like, um, here's the deal. Hackasat, the air force has run a Hackasat, uh, program for the last couple of years. Uh, pay, like, uh, it's an invite only bug bounty program for hackers, quote unquote, security researchers to attempt to hack or uh, compromise the security of satellites. Now, guys, take a step back for a second, right? Satellites are wicked cool, and they're floating around in space, and they used to deliver TV and stuff, and now they're delivering internet and communication, satellite imaging. Thank you, Google Earth. International Space Station is technically a satellite. So all of these things are computers, though, right? I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, it's the equivalent of taking like an old, uh, you know, uh, you know, Hewlett Packard 486SX and yeeting it up into the orbit. But that's all it is. It's a computer, and it does have uh, internet connections, right? So because of that, it can. It's no different than a computer in the cloud, right? Or a computer in the data center. And because of that, it needs to be protected, hardened, all those things. And just like Carl. Just like Carl misconfigures stuff or gets sent up or an update changes things or exploit gets, uh, excuse me, a, a vulnerability gets discovered. The same thing for these. Now, traditionally, up until this point, satellite hacking was taking on real satellites. Now, I don't know all the details, but I would have to imagine the hacking a satellite. They were probably targeting um satellites that were going to be decommissioned or satellites that were redundant or, or you know, there's some level of protection. They were certainly not having ha security researchers bang on satellites that were delivering national security capabilities at that moment. Now, fast forward. I love this. I love this. I love this. First of all, DEF CON is the right conference to launch this initiative. Second of all, Moonlighter, I love the name. It's straight up James Bondy. I love it. Third, and this is probably the most important part, especially since I work for a cybersecurity education company or or three, four, I work for four cybersecurity education. So in order to train people, right? Right now the Hackasat program is invite only and it's probably to people like Jason Haddix and, and Nahamasek and stuff like like the the elite really good security researchers. But how do you cultivate the next generation of elite security researchers? How do you make this a accessible mainstream area of security research? You need to enable that community to be able to learn and play in safe ways and stuff, right? And if you just look back at the way that like hack the box and try hack me all these services they didn't exist like 15 years ago you'd have to like build your own little lab and bang on it or bang on an actual real thing out in the open and hope you don't get arrested for cfaa violation right this is that evolution so they're making it a satellite that you know can get people into the process of connecting to a satellite there's probably flags on this satellite like aka like goals to find for security researchers. When I say flag, I mean a goal to find for a researcher, not um, like an actual, like, <laughs> not like a flag, like, like there's mail. Um, so I love this initiative. I, for one, am absolutely going to go check this out. Typically, if you haven't been to DEF CON before, typically, um, there, well, there's always villages, right? I don't know if this is going to be at like the uh, 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 aeronautic village, if they have one of those, but 
typically there's like there's a car automation village i believe there's an aviation village where this might actually lie um and you can go there and check it out uh and they'll have a lot of because they're doing this big presser i'm assuming that the 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 defcon and the government are going to have like a big like um you know like not social media blitz but like like it will be a thing to go check out at defcon i for one i'm going to go check it out i'll probably take a picture uh, of it i will not be hacking on a satellite um just as a fun fact i am kind of or fun inquisition i am kind of curious what technologies run on the satellite if anyone knows in chat i'd be really interesting right cuz like is it industrial control system like like SCADA, Modbus, and stuff like that. Is it a straight up Linux? But it's probably a Linux box, honestly. If I if I had to guess, it's probably a stripped down Linux box um, with maybe some web admin console stuff uh, for administering the device. I don't know. It's interesting though. I'd love. God, this is one of those things, guys. I'm starting to break through how I feel, and the coffee started to actually light my butt up, or <laughs> light my butt up. That doesn't make any sense. Like light me up, like a like a rocket taking me off where the rocket would actually be where my butt is. Cause that's how, you know, aerodynamics would work. But, um, I got distracted with my own stupid metaphor there. Um, I, I, if I had more time, as I continue to say this all the time, if I had more time, this is absolutely, I would spend more time digging into to find out. It's very intellectually stimulating and very curious to me. What is going on with this thing? Wallet investigating losses. Over the weekend, the makers of Atomic Wallet announced it began investigating reports of compromised wallets. Now it says it's working with third-party security firms and exchanges to block the use of mm. stolen funds. Research by blockchain investigator Zach XBT estimates losses at over $35 million. The developers took down the project's download server, seemingly out of concerns about compromised software. It seems to be a precautionary action. Atomic Wallet is still actively asking victims to submit data on software updates and other details, indicating it still remains unsure of a root cause. Oh, my God. All right, here we go. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. <sighs> All right. Um, I've never heard of Atomic Wallet. Whatever. It's another crypto, crypto solution. It's going to change the world. We're disrupting in spaces. Put your money in here. <laughs> Stolen. Come on, man. You're killing me. So... You know, I've never heard of Atomic Wallet. Guys, unless you hold the keys, unless you hold the keys, it's not your crypto. Period. End of story. Full stop. Right? Someone stole $35 million. You know, it, if I if I was lazy, I'd say it's Lazarus Group. Let's move on. It could be anyone. More information will come out of this. If you were a victim of this, I'm sorry. It sucks. Atomic Wallet. It, you know, I, I don't know what to say. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. Um, like if this was like an internal issue, a third party issue, a security issue, um, it says you can see here, it says they're working with a third party security company to investigate the incident and block the stolen funds. So two things going on here. One, third party security company. What does that mean, Jerry? It means somebody like Barricade Cyber Solutions. This is why I talk about them every day. If bad happens, y'all, you need to have someone to call. Atomic Wallet. Losing $35 million, do you think that's when they would want to start researching incident response companies? No, 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 no. No, you do it up front. Um, now, it says the team's working on possible attack vectors. <clears throat> you know, like I said, it'll be interesting. This either came from an internal compromise. It came from a security vulnerability in the app itself. 
<clears throat> the good news is, the good news is, uh, crypto bros, that because crypto is on the blockchain, you can technically track where everybody's money has gone. And like they said, um, block people from being able to uh, cash out that money, right? Te technically, you'd be able to get it. But the problem is, if I stole the $35 million, then I turned around and I traded some of it to BSEC, and then he traded some to Chris Gayall, and then he traded some to CJ, <clears throat> like who's left holding the bag, right? Is CJ, like is, is CJ have to give his ill-gotten gain or his illicit funds back, even though he's a victim too, and BSEC's a victim and Cahill's a victim. So it sucks. Um, yeah, um, I see Mount Gox getting talked about in here. <clears throat> the old Magic the Gathering platform that uh, got repurposed into a crypto bro thing. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. If you're using... Oh, so <clears throat> this right here is just... This is an infographic, which you think might get me hot and bothered, but it doesn't because this is just showing basically large sum transactions moving across. This is a graphical interface of a <laughs> accounting ledger. So... If you're into fraud accounting and uh, crypto, this is probably uh, something you'd want to print out and <laughs> take it paste on the wall, but not for me. Cash me outside. Cash me outside. How about that? Yeah, William. Cash me outside, bro. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. SEC sues Binance. The lawsuit from the U.S. Oh, Securities and Exchange Day. Commission alleges that the crypto exchange giant operated illegally in the U.S. The SEC accuses it and founder Chengpeng Zhao of illegally soliciting investors, operating unregistered investment schemes, and defrauding investors. The agency also said the company's BUSD and BNB tokens acted as securities that required registration. And on top of all of those charges, the SEC says Binance failed to implement market manipulation controls after informing investors it would do so. Zhao tweeted out that the company would issue a response once it reviewed the complaint. Yep. All right. Here we go. Two for two. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it. Love it. Love it. Also, I'd like to. All right. So SEC suing the crap out of Binance. I see Tom Bishop. Is it Tom? Hold on. Um, oh, no, no. CJ asking at Coinbase is next. Coinbase highly unlikely to get uh, in trouble because Coinbase actually allows themselves to be independently audited by third parties. Coinbase actually operates like a real business. Um, on in, in a publicly traded company in the financial sector. Okay. So guys, this, uh, as much as I enjoy, like, I, I don't know, it's like a weird perverse interest I have. Um, I, this whole crypto NFT space, like it's, it's kind of, it's already peaked and it's coming down now, obviously all the rampant fraud and whatnot. But if you remember FTX, um, Sam Bankman fried and his, his uh, girlfriend or whatever um, in the Alameda research, go look at that if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's a, it's, it's, it's one of the most largest frauds and also completely wicked simple fraud uh, perpetrated. So don't think you need to be a mastermind to commit fraud because Sam Bankman fried committed a multi-billion dollar fraud scheme. And uh, according to the, the CEO that they brought in after it collapsed and everything to kind of clean up the mess uh, he reported to Congress that it was like just basically straight up taking money and giving it to someone else. It's very simple fraud. Binance, um, CZ, the guy who runs that, I think it's CZ, uh, is another major platform. And actually, he, he, the guy who runs Binance, interestingly enough, was the um, 
part of the he was almost like the one who like pushed the domino that that ultimately toppled FTX. But Binance has sworn up and down that they're super legit. However, they do super shady things. One, as far as I know, they don't have like an official headquarters. Like they're not registered as like an official business in the United States. They're like in the Bahamas or Cayman Islands or so, something weird like that. So that's one of them. Two, they don't, he, he uh, the guy who runs it, CC, he, he's like, we don't need to be independently audited. If we did, it'd be fine. Um, you can go watch all those things. This is more finance stuff. The SEC to sue Binance um, definitely has evidence. Def this isn't like a smear job, okay? The SEC has definitely got evidence. This is not going to be good for Binance and CZ. Another weird thing is that they created their own token, same as FTX did, out of like thin air and then leveraged against it, which <laughs> it's like it's like taking a loan out on your house, except like you don't own a house. You just You just like create a, a virtual house like in the sims right you go you go in the sims and create a virtual house and then you're like yes that'll do quite nicely there's a six hundred thousand dollar house and then you go to like the real bank in the real world and you're like i need to take a loan out and they're like what kind of collateral do you have in case you default on your loan and you're like i have a six hundred thousand dollar home they're like oh that's brilliant good that like that's the equivalent of what's actually happening with all this so uh if you got money in binance if you trade on binance you may want to um uh, reevaluate your choices. Uh, but anyways, I'll, for me personally, I'm going to sit on the sideline. Uh, I don't have an emote for this, but if you, if I did, if I was texting you right now, instead of live streaming, I would pull the Michael Jackson eating popcorn, um, meme. And I want a front row seat. I know it sounds macabre and dark and, and like wanting to watch the world burn, but just this whole crypto fever that took over the world global society I, I i just found fascinating um and this is just this is another like this is almost like one of the final big pieces to topple uh if it does topple which it probably will all right uh, like a wrecking ball right yeah oh uh, yeah you know what actually this is even better bsec sent bsec sent this over this is probably more appropriate there i am sitting down at the SEC litigation of Binance. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, BSEC. Klopp blamed in Move It attack. Microsoft's threat intelligence team attributed the recent attack against the popular managed file transfer platform to the Klopp ransomware organization. It found the zero day used in the attack followed similar behavior observed in Klopp in the past. The attacks used a vulnerability to deploy crafted web shells on servers, providing access to files and credentials. Bleeping Computer and various security researchers observed attacks in the wild with this exploit over the Memorial Day weekend. No word on any ransom demands as of yet. Klopp previously used vulnerabilities in the Excellion, FTA, and Go Anywhere MFT breaches in the past. All right, we've been talking about Move It all, uh, all week. I mean, well, today's Tuesday. Jesus. You guys have no idea. Like, <laughs> ah. Uh, we've been talking about move it uh, attacks. Um, John Hammond specifically has been doing a lot of research in this space the last couple of days. I think he actually has a working exploit. Uh, there is a POC or proof of concept exploit out available right now that you could download. What does this mean? This means that it it it, it it's like a defanged version of an exploit for the vulnerability of the move it. However, a threat actor can take that proof of concept if they know what they're doing and weaponize it. They can put fangs on the proof of concept. 
What this means to you is the level of criticality of that vulnerability has increased. It was already bad. You should have already been taking care of it if you could or putting some type of defenses in place to mitigate the impact of a compromise. The chance. So when you do risk, guys, this is like this is about as basic as like the CIA triad. When you do risk, there's basically likelihood of the vulnerability being exploited. Like what are the chances? And then what is the impact? Like how bad is it? Right. So if likelihood is an almost certainty, right, like it's Mirai botnet and it's scanning the Internet, it will find you. And the impact is it completely brings your system down, right? Full ransomware, domain creds, everything like that. That's the worst. Right. And then there's variations of that. OK, with this one, the impact is pretty bad. Right. So that's kind of not changed. The impact isn't uh, variable here. What is variable is the likelihood of it happening. And when the proof of concept comes out and makes it um accessible, the likelihood goes up simply because there's more humans on the planet who are in the population of people that would exploit this that now have access to capabilities, right? It's like lowering the bar of difficulty for exploitation. Uh, they mentioned they're tying it to Clop ransomware gang. Clop, uh, you know, you don't, I, I pushed back on this a little bit the other day, but like there was some reporting that Clop ransomware is tied or it is Fin7 uh, threat actor group, okay? There's some evidence to suggest that Fin7 and Clop are the same group of folks, okay? Fin7 is highly sophisticated, wicked smart, very capable, very deliberate, and they're making a lot of... Great cash, homie. Thank you, Randy. So th this would actually kind of track, right? Because the move it... Uh, vulnerability is a more sophisticated, elegant attack. Uh, thanks for the squad membership for four months, Ian Kincaid. Keep it up. Um, so anyways, it, the, the TLDR here is, there's two things here for you. One, if you're a cybersecurity industry member, community member, you're, you're like living the cybersecurity life, like this one's a big one, okay? It Like people are really focused on it. It's really, really bad. It's more complicated. It's interesting, okay? Vulnerabilities come and go every single day. This one's got some stickiness to it. In fact, it should have a logo, just saying. Second of all, if you run Move It in your industry, you already should be on top of that. If you're just hearing about this now from me on this stream, you should come back more often. And two, you should stop watching the stream and go take care of this. This is a major, major issue that needs to be addressed. For what it's worth, move it's typically used in large enterprises, from my understanding. So you typically would have access to a team of resources who can prioritize this. But the likelihood of it happening has just gone up. So you can expect it to happen if you haven't properly protected from it. All right. And now a word from our sponsor, Trend Micro. Hybrid work, cloud adoption, and shadow IT have... Hold on one second. Joel B is saying uh, it would be quite a chump to say Clop is Fin7 because Fin7 and Black Boss have also been linked with tool sets. All right. There's been some evidence to say that they are associated, potentially uh, same, like similar threat actors or, you know. Okay. So thanks, Joel Belton, for the clarification. Introduce new cybersecurity risks to organizations. Security leaders are left asking, how can I manage our expanding attack surface? Trend Micro, the global leader in cybersecurity, is bringing the cyber risk conversation to more than 120 cities in their Risk to Resilience World Tour. Hear from experts on the latest threat landscape trends, solutions, and platform strategies to manage risk and defend your organization with speed and accuracy. 
Find the closest city to you and register today to take a leap toward a more resilient future. Head on over to trendmicro.com slash CISO series. All right. Really quickly, um, mods drop this in chat. John Hammond works at Huntress. Huntress has been actively following the Move It uh, vulnerability, uh, and I'm going to link it in chat right here. So if you're interested in learning more about that and actually seeing a really great write-up, I haven't even read this write-up, but I assure you it's quality. The folks at Huntress do really good work, um, and they do on the regular. All right, guys, if you're here, well, hold on. It's the mid-roll, so let's do what we do on the mid-roll. Oh, oh, and CJ with the super chat. I knew there was something I wanted to address. Thank you so much, CJ. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thanks so much for the super chat and the continued support from all of you uh, coming here every day, sometimes with the super chats, sometimes with the squad memberships, always with the love. I genuinely appreciate it. It get, it warms my heart and... Uh, I'm I'm working towards I'm working towards getting a lot more time to give to the Simply Cyber community. I'll leave it at that. But on the mid roll, guess what we do? That's right. Want to say a shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors again, Barricade Cyber and Panopsi Security. Check their links in the description below. I appreciate that, guys. All of you here right now, thank you so much for spending part of your day with the Simply Cyber community. This is a labor of love, and I absolutely wake up every single morning, whether I feel under the weather or not, and I come and deliver this stream every single day because I'm committed to this community. If you're getting value out of this stream, whether it's educational value or entertainment value or just professional networking value, do me a solid. Take a hot second and hit the like button. It goes a long way. Thanks so much for the super uh, gifted subs, James McQuiggan. Let's welcome five more people into the squad membership. Carrie White, Matthew Pelkey, Steve, Tim and George, Stone Arrow. Welcome to the squad. Definitely take advantage of the squad emotes. Thank you so much, James McQuiggan, for the support. Guys, hit the like button. Here's the deal. The like button. You guys are all into cybersecurity uh, in, uh, content, right? James McQuiggan with the super chat. What? Can we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you, James McQuiggan. James McQuiggan doing a buffer overflow on the, on the mid-roll stream right now. Listen, the, by hitting the like button, what it does is LinkedIn's algorithm says, hey, there's 280 people watching this and they all are into cybersecurity because obviously they know what you search for. Let me go tell more people that are into cybersecurity about this stream. That's what hitting the like button does, okay? It's a it's a it's a it's, it's a catalyst to welcoming more people into our community. I love it. Um let me know uh, we got the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Uh, Jenny Housley, I forget um, who who exactly is the who is I, I'm sorry guys. I don't know who's got the baton right now. I, I think it's CJ, right? I think I saw CJ yesterday. I commented on it. The Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an initiative we started months ago. Every single day, a new person takes on the baton. They go to LinkedIn. They post hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge and their cyber story. Why do I care about this? Why should you care about it? Go on to LinkedIn. Find this hashtag and connect with the people in it because you are making a very deliberate, very curated professional network on LinkedIn full of inclusive, supportive cybersecurity people. Your feed is going to have more content that's relevant to you, that's going to have value. You're going to be able to connect. You're going to be able to ask questions. Build your professional network. I'm telling you, it is 
the most valuable non-tech skill that you can develop. Professional networking is incredibly valuable, incredibly valuable. It cannot be overstated how valuable it is. And this is a mechanism that we have in order to help people take that step. I'm all about it. Uh, Samantha asks, when you say subscribers to Simply Cyber, I don't know what you mean. Like, if you mean the channel, I think it's 65,000, roughly. Uh, CJ, if you could just tag someone in chat, please. Uh, maybe it's Scott. Yeah, Scott Mack, it looks like. All right. All right, guys. Hey, it's Tidbits Tuesday. Every Tuesday, I share a little bit about me and see if we have it in common. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but I have a, a special place in my heart for disc golf. I carry a, a bag of discs. Uh, in my truck uh, almost all the time. I've got a, a portable basket. I play with my kids. If there's a um, if there's a course nearby, I'll go check it out. I love, love disc golf. I do not like golf golf. I do not like golf golf. I'm the guy who'll drive the golf cart around. Maybe I'll play like, if we sign up for 18 holes because it's like a dude thing, uh, I might play like seven holes and then just drive the cart around. Uh, but me, I'm a disc golf guy. Love me some disc golf. So if you like some disc golf, Holler at me, and I would appreciate it. Yeah, James is a quick, and we can do chess and disc golf. James with a super chat, too. Thanks so much, James. All right, guys. Let's get back in the, into the news, and then we can do the, uh, mid, um, the jaw jacking at the end. Thanks, everybody. Google Workspace gets passkeys. Google added passkey support for Workspace admins, meaning they can now enable users to sign into either what? Workspace or Google Cloud accounts yep. using passkeys, no password required. By default, Workspace accounts will still require a password, but even when not allowing passkeys as a sole sign-in, organizations can still enable them for use with 2FA. Back in December, Google added passkey support in Chrome, and last month it added passkey login support for standard Google accounts. All right. CJ, thanks for the super chat. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much um, for all the support, guys. All right, so Google's trialing password list login. So, guys, here's a here's a fun fact, okay? We are getting away from passwords. I know passwords are wicked ingrained in our in our culture, right? Passwords, passwords, passwords. Carl, Carl loves himself some passwords. Paul Grazulius, left coast, getting up early and dropping a super chat. Thank you so much, Paul. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. So here's the deal. Passwords are terrible. Humans have bad passwords. They reuse passwords. They have simple passwords. They have easy to guess passwords. Um, you know, personally, it triggers me when I try to enter a password into a system and it says I have too many characters in my password and I have to have a, a simpler password. It freaking kills me. So if a, if we're going to move to a passwordless login um, uh, norm, it needs to be integrated into major products. Microsoft Microsoft has been trying to do this. Like right now, if you log into your Windows system, you actually have like, like it's something stupid, like seven different options to log in besides the password. You can like click on a photo, you can do biometrics, you can do your face, right? There's all sorts of different options and only one of them is a password, okay? So I love it that Google is trialing this. I hope Google makes it the norm. Here's the deal. With a passwordless login that is still secure, you're actually, it's one of the rare times that you're able to, oh my gosh, hype train, meow, meow. Wait, wrong button. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thanks so much, Cat GPT. So guys, here's the deal. 
It's very, very rare in information security where you introduce a control, which is a control is basically some, you know, something, whether it's a policy, a process, a technology, a configuration, whatever it is, a control that reduces risk, right? That's why we have controls. We reduce risk with controls. It's very rare that you introduce a control and it makes it a better experience for the end user, right? That's the big, that's always been the big challenge in our industry is like, if we secured the crap out of everything, the end users wouldn't be able to use it and then they would revolt, right? Pitchforks and torches. So we are constantly in this balancing game of trying to increase security, but not get too far away from usability, right? If you ever played the old Tony Hawk games and you're like up, I wish you could see me full screen right now because I'm I'm pretending to do this. But if you all play the old Tony Hawk games, which is like a skateboarding video game, if you were like grinding, you would get like a meter and you'd have to like, you know, use the joystick left to right to be able to stay balanced. And if you went too far to one side, you'd fall over, right? Same, same principle, right? Controls, make you go to the right and usability and you know whatever end users wanting to do end user things is all the way on the left so it's very rare when a control <clears throat> is also good for the end user passwordless logins are great you know what <clears throat> my um my aunt dorothea she doesn't forget what her face looks like my uncle paul he doesn't forget what his thumbprint looks like right um my my brother my brother he doesn't have to remember like a 64-bit character if he has a Yubi key he just plugs in. Do you see what I'm saying? There are trade-offs to passwordless login approaches, but in the grand scheme of things, passwords are terrible and oftentimes lead to compromise. This is why phishing login pages are so popular. Gotcha creds, gotcha creds, right? Password dumps. Have I been pwned? That's just a password database lookup site, right? Passwords, like it is what it is, but it, they're not good. They are a known weakness and threat actors go after it because they know what's up. Justice for cyber war crimes. At the International Conference on Cyber Conflict, Estonia's President Alar Karas called on the International Criminal Court to hold actors that commit war crimes in cyberspace accountable. He characterized this as needed, both for ensuring justice and as a deterrence for violating international laws and cyber attacks. Karis argued that the war in Ukraine shows nations can't think of cyber attacks as separate from a military campaign. He also notes DDoS attacks against Estonia increased 300% in 2022. Yeah, I mean, okay. Research. This one is, <clears throat> this may... Um... This may look very simple, but this is actually a very complicated situation, okay? All right. First, first thing, Estonia. I think it was like 2015, Estonia became the first country that was like fully online, okay? Like all of their government services are online. Everything, everything, everything is online. Like they're the most forward techno, like online dependent country in the world. And that's cool, right? They're all in. But then if you go look at Russia, like when they knocked Estonia off the internet uh, in 2015, that's not good, right? If your entire situation is dependent on the internet and a country knocks you off the internet, well, guess what? You're in the dark ages, all right? So it makes total sense that Estonia's president is trying to, you know, push that cyber attacks would be war crimes, okay? And and on the surface, you might be thinking, yeah, like, of course, like, if you if you use a cyber weapon to, you know, shut down power or 
you know, reroute a missile or hack a satellite, whatever, right? And there's kinetic impact from that decision, meaning like there's something in the physical world that changes because of a cyber attack, right? Like a, a like a missile detonates right on the launch pad and and uh, eliminates the soldiers there, right? This is real, and you would call that a war crime. Here is the reality, though. First world, like all countries, but first world countries are committing cyber attacks all over the place. It's very cloak and dagger. It's very espionage, espionage okay? And if we begin to classify these as war crimes, for better or worse, you're going to get into a situation where, you know, some lone wolf actor or some non-coordinated actor could incite a massive global conflict because if you've defined this activity, whatever this cyber activity is, denial of service, right? If you say that this activity represents a war crime, which would represent an act of war, which would activate, you know, war processes and war machines, um, you know, it, it's, it, it could be really bad and you might not be able to reverse it. Okay. So I'm telling you, people are not like, ready to just be like, yes, Estonia, that's absolutely a war crime. Lots of people would agree to it in principle, but when you get into the details, it's really, I mean, you really need definitions of what it is. Okay. Another thing, think about it. Russia basically, you know, kind of activates Eastern European cyber criminal threat actor groups. They give them like top cover and bulletproof hosting and stuff like that. But in exchange, you know, if Estonia gets knocked offline, you, Russia could say, "Oh, hey, it was this. It was this cyber threat actor group. They're 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 an independent, uh, like organized criminal gang, and we're trying our best to get them, but they're operating in Russia, and we just haven't been able to find it. But in reality, they know where they are, and they're just acting on behalf of Russia. But Russia has the ability to identify, hey, this cyber crime was not a nation state uh, sponsored activity, so it's not a nation state war crime, right? So there's always that kind of like plausible deniability, even though it's a thinly veiled activity. I feel like Estonia is just like, with all due respect, like a small kid, like, you know, like a kid brother in a group of teenagers. And it's just like trying to swing up and hit and, and, and like get some level, get, get some uh, policies that make it equitable for a smaller country that is wicked dependent on the internet. Final thing, if you do want to like see what I'm talking about, um, to understand what this looks like in practice, there is a very, very, very comparable um, situation. If you look at JFK and Khrushchev during the 1960 Bay of Pigs uh, fiasco, for lack of a better term, um, and, and how the United States and Russia almost went to war. And you might think, oh, like Kennedy is the president and Khrushchev's the president. Like presidents makes decisions. It's not that way. Like with these large, large entities like countries, there's a lot of players involved. If you watched Game of Thrones, right, for example, it's not like the king just had final say, right? There was like the little small council. There's all sorts of infighting and maneuvering and political stuff. This happens like this. So like when 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 like the mat like when the machine starts moving, you might not be able to stop it. So anyways, this is a long way to explain why I understand what Estonia is saying, but I don't see this getting going anywhere, okay?
that was a really long explanation, but I just, I felt it was important because on the surface, it seems obvious, but there's a lot to this. Just find Twitter missed CSAM. According to new findings from the Stanford Internet Observatory, over recent months, Twitter failed to prevent the posting of known child sexual abuse material on its platform. Over the last two months, research detected over 40 previously flagged CSAM images on Twitter. CSAM databases already included hashes of these images. Stanford's David Thiel characterized using these hashes as one of the most basic things you can do to prevent CSAM online. Researchers said Twitter informed them last week it had improved its detection systems, asking them to notify Twitter if it detected a spike again. Hi. Yeah. I don't want to spend a terrible amount of time on this. Like, it, it, it blows my freaking mind that a platform like Twitter, something that's so in the public sphere and so, you know, overt, would somehow, first of all, that, that people who are into CSAM would be using Twitter First of all, second of all, that Twitter can't identify this um, terrible, terrible um, type of content. And it's not just the content, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Alex Goodwin. I got the date wrong, but just trust me. on The, the parallel was the Bay of Pigs thing. So, um, like, CCM material, like the actual images, that's terrible. But you got to think, too, like, there's actual, like, people's lives who are being ruined and... Uh, children who are being uh, just destroyed and put through horrible, horrible things. Like the picture is just a snapshot in time of like this horrible event or horrible life that this these these children are, are, are experiencing. So like I have zero tolerance for CSAM. I'm glad that Stanford's working on uh, improved discovery, improved detection. I hope Twitter goes all in on child safety and protecting and, and not just stopping that type of information, but I hope that they are taking the, like whoever is the account holder and reporting them to law enforcement. I, I would love, um, you know, maximum justice for um, the criminals or, or well, for the families and the, and the children who are the victims, but also uh, maximum um, punishment, really, I guess, for, for these individuals that are promoting and encouraging and continuing this type of horrible activity. I, like, I can't Profile even... patches released. This week, we saw vendors release important patches to resolve previous vulnerabilities that we presented on this show. The computer OEM Gigabyte released a firmware update to resolve security vulnerabilities recently disclosed in over 270 motherboard models. This now adds signature verification when downloading firmware updates and ensures that the update process goes through encrypted HTTPS connections. Meanwhile, the password manager maker KeePass also released an update to patch a flaw that could allow a malicious actor to extract a ClearText master vault password from the app's memory. The app now uses a Windows API to retrieve data from text boxes, which should resolve the creation of managed strings that held the password data. All right. The rapid... Um, there's a couple of things here. If you're running uh, KeyPass, which I I think KeyPass is like a local um, password vault, right? So you're, you when you do password vaults, which I recommend, uh, your choices are like a cloud-based one or a local-based one. And obviously the local one, you would argue, is more secure because if there's a compromise in the cloud, you're still safe. But a lot of the password vault solutions... Um, they encrypt your your data and they don't know your master password. So we just saw LastPass recently get major compromise, like absolutely owned 
and the databases uh, were secured, right? Unless you had a crappy master password, which that's on you at that point. Um, so KeePass, I think, is local. Um, you can see here that there is an attack that allows uh, a threat actor to dump your password. Um, I do think it's not some, I mean, obviously it's, it's a concern, but you know, like every other vulnerability, what you really need to understand is, okay, how, how does this attack actually come to fruition? Like, do you have to get compromised? Does the threat actor have to be actively on the box? Um, there's a proof of concept exploit out right now. That's not good. That increases the likelihood of the attack from happening. I use Bitwarden, CJ. Bitwarden. Um, so there is a key pass POC. Let me see. I just looking really quickly. The password has to be typed on a keyboard, not copied from a clipboard. So there you go. There's there's already one kind of caveat to how this exploit would work. Um, and yeah, so I don't know. Just looks like there's an update for it. You know, update your stuff in, you know, it, it is what it is. Software is going to be software. All right. So let's do that. I think. That is it for the news. So let me do this. Do, do, do. All right. It is 849. Before we go, one second, I want to say thanks to uh, Base Case and NCC Group for granting me an extra four minutes going over. Guys, I want to uh, tell you all really quickly, okay? I want to share with you that this Thursday, right? So just in a couple days, June 8th, 4.30 p.m., I'm gonna go live and I'm gonna be digging deep into the challenges with securing a fleet of PC systems, right? Enterprise grade stuff here. Managing your own tablet and phone and laptop is wicked easy. It's one thing to do that for yourself, but when you have 5,000 <laughs> 5, of these devices and you're responsible for ensuring that they're secure from nasty business like boot kits, root kits, malware, the challenge is like much greater and much more difficult. We're gonna be joined by Venki Venket, Venket Swaron from Intel to discuss how cyber professionals like us help solve this challenge for ourselves and our IT counterparts. Remember, we love ourselves some IT. They actually help us. We're going to cover business system. Uh, excuse me. We'll cover co business continuity, patch management, and securing the system from the firmware up. We'll also spend time looking at the Intel vPro platform and how it gets involved in this bit of business. Join us Thursday, June 8th, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It's going to be a wonderful live stream. I'm super pumped. I genuinely hope you guys can make it. It would be uh, really, really um, appreciated if you can come on out. If you are here just for the news, I bid you good day. You 272 beautiful people and all those on replay, holler at you. I do want to share a couple jawjacking things, though, if you're interested. Um, really quickly, you may or may not know that um, myself and the mod team and several other volunteers are arranging a cybersecurity conference. It's called Simply CyberCon, and it's a conference to deliver value to you. The goals and the underpinnings of this conference are inclusion, support, access to uh, making it accessible to new people in the industry. And generally, it's basically like this stream, except on steroids. We're going hard, okay? It's going to be November 8th. What I would like to ask, if you're watching this stream right now and you want to get involved, we're going to have two different tracks, right? We're going to have new speaker tracks, right? So maybe Cat GPT, you want to spend 15 minutes and giddy up on a track. 
maybe um, CJ or Paul, like it doesn't matter. If you've got something to share, the new speaker tracks are 15 minutes long. We intentionally designed them to be short so you don't feel the pressure of having to do a 30 or 60 minute talk. Get in here, 15 minutes. Here is the link. We are closing the CFP very soon. I would love, 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 love. I dropped a link in chat. I would love for you to please take a minute and consider submitting a talk. Again, for new speakers, it's 15 minutes, right? You can add it to your resume or LinkedIn profile that you are a speaker at a cybersecurity conference. You can professionally network by delivering knowledge that you have to others. Maybe it's how to set up a, a sock lab on your laptop. Maybe it's how to build a lab in AWS. Maybe it's an interesting way that you did something with a uh, Flipper Zero, right? I don't know. What are you working on? You're clearly working on something. Holler at me. So get in here and um, sign up. We're going to be closing it soon. So I want you all to um, have the opportunity. Don't be shy, okay? Here's a link to the con website. All right. So Alexandra, you got to come over to um, you got to come over to YouTube. All right. Ooh, Kimberly. Kimberly can fix it. Kimberly can fix it is going to be uh, up in there. Now here's another thing for um, here's another thing for squad members and simply cyber community members. If you want, there's absolutely zero um, zero push here. I'm just making this available. Kimberly McKnight, she's in chat right now. Uh, uh, as Kimberly can fix it, okay? She's been a member of the mod team for uh, probably over a year, Kimberly, right? I would imagine. She's been a wonderful uh, community member, a solid mod. And Kimberly actually put together a ton of um, like media resources, collateral, okay? These are basically social media artifacts. Some are graphics, some are videos. All of them have to do with the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. If you would like, okay, I, you know, I always ask, if you get value from the show, please tell someone. If you would like to use these assets to share on your social medias, right? So it's one thing to say, hey, come join the, show, the stream every day. But it's been proven that uh, posts that have graphics ha get more engagement and perform better. So... What I would like to ask, or I'm going to make available as soon as I figure out where a share link is. Where's the share link on this thing, man? So I, as soon as I figure out how um, the internet works here, I'm going to make this available. How do I? Oh, here we are. Okay. So if you would like to go on to um, social media and share with Simply Cyber... There you go. There is the link to all these assets. You do not have to create them yourself. Feel free to use any or all of them, whatever you want. Um, I genuinely, uh, on behalf of the entire mod team and on behalf of myself, obviously, I genuinely appreciate when you guys share with others, okay? We have a great thing going here. New people are finding us every single day. Um, there's a huge, huge... Um, uh, there's a like there's a really big account that's actually going to tweet or LinkedIn post tomorrow about our our daily threat briefings. So I'm really excited about that. Guys, I am highly motivated to I like I love the daily threat briefing. Even when I don't feel good, I come because I love it. I love what we're doing here. I love hearing all the stories, all the wins. 
everybody supporting each other it 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 warms it warms me it, it's like so it's like spiritual nourishment um every single day and i thank you for it okay uh we got let me check my calendar make sure i'm not gonna be late for a meeting um one second i've got a few minutes if you guys want to jaw jack for a hot minute let's do it uh good morning good morning jojo signed up thanks jojo we are working also on um getting uh shirts made for the conference i'm super excited about that kimberly you know that the one that's like the ticket i that's what i wanted that one for the shirt i i like wanted to make it and buy it uh today so i could wear it i think it's so cool it's such good graphics thanks so much again to all the volunteers for the Simply CyberCon and uh, the mod team, Joel Belt and Aaron KG running the Discord bots, Kimberly with the um, Kimberly and Allison Van Stone on the marketing side, Josh Mason on the speakers, uh, Base Case uh, doing AVs and, and uh, green room stuff, and Eric Taylor with the technology stack, Justin Gold. Uh, we've got, and if I miss someone, I'm, I apologize, but we got some really solid um, uh, leaders working on this thing. So we're going to bring you a great conference. Uh, hey, haircut fish. Yeah, small talk and creating write-ups. I think that'd be perfect. When should we hear back about whether their talk gets accepted? Um, yeah, so Marcus Seiler, I would think probably next week. I, I So for me personally, I want to get this wrapped up and I want to let the speakers know what the dates are and stuff because I we can't move. Here's the deal. We can't move the conference forward until we get the speakers locked in. I can't request a keynote speaker, a.k.a. Jen Easterly. I can't ask Jen Easterly until I have the speakers and the, the, the conference needs to be lined up. And so right now, the, the lack of the speaker thing being completed at this point, we, we were supposed to have it done by June 8th. With that, with that being not done, it's a problem. So I'm working on getting that solved <laughs> right now, basically. What is your feelings about working a conference to gain entrance to it? Yeah, obviously, CJ, I think that's a great idea. Um, if you can pull it off, A, you don't have to pay the fees. B, you're actually doing a lot of professional networking by volunteering at conferences. I think it's a fantastic idea. It's just you got to be ready. Like if you make the commitment to volunteer at a conference, uh, deliver on that commitment, right? Nicholas Heitman up in here. Shout out to Allison Van Stone. Yeah, Allison Van Stone is awesome. Love me some Allison Van Stone. One of the alpha students in the uh, YouTube course. So uh, look for her YouTube channel pretty soon. David Meese up in this house. Love me some David Meese. All right. Is this going to be in person or online? The, uh, the Simply Cyber Conference will be fully online. Fully online. We'll be running two tracks. There'll be heavy use of Discord uh, and Zoom. Do you have any space for volunteers? Yes. If you want to volunteer, uh, is there a volunteer link on, on the site, Kimberly? I don't think it is. Um, uh, um, go to, um, hold on. Go to um, Discord. I'm sorry, whoever just asked that. Go to Discord and go to the volunteer. There's like a call for volunteer section under the conference channel uh you can join there okay um 
what else we got? Yeah, I love the I love this whole like retro synthwave thing. That's like my jam. <laughs> Is there a B sites for B D C or Nova? There's gotta be. There's gotta be. Is anybody in chat from the, the Virginia area? Uh Norfolk, Virginia, Beltway area? I hate this song. I gotta remove that from the playlist. My first conference got invited to a cookout. See, exactly. Guys, here's the thing. Be flexible with these conferences. You're going to show up and um and I be sec I can't I, we can't talk like that right now. Um um be flexible, be receptive. You know, I went to uh where did I go to? I went to uh I went to Black Hat last year and I ended up getting inducted into like like a <laughs> I got brought into like this beer isaac um group i went to a really cool cookout i met a bunch of people um bryson board had me work his uh his his front gate <laughs> which was kind of a funny story all into itself uh so you never know where these things are gonna gonna take you i met james mcquiggan right james mcquiggan in chat i met him at black hat last year and ended up spending like like basically when black hat ended and it was defcon like james and i became like fast friends and we were like basically together for all of DEFCON. In fact, I went with him to that cookout. So you gotta be flexible, be ready, be excited. It's a good time. Sorry, BSEC. Yeah, I, I shouldn't be reading mod chat as much as I do while I'm up here. Let's see, gotta go. Have a good one, Jim Wales, all the best. Hey Bjorn, great to see you on Team Hybrid. CJ and Alan Van Stone, sign up, that's great. Thanks Richard Daspit, I appreciate that. Casually Joseph up in here. 22 likes you might be on mobile mike grace um i know mobile doesn't update very well like if you if you uh, refresh it it might change but if we only got <laughs> if we only got 22 likes come on man that's hurt that's hurting me that's hurting uh besides nova awesome cj i love it you got to be careful james mcquiggan he's got like 1200 elo dude's dropping there we go, 191. James McQuiggan's dropping uh, elbows off the top belt, uh, especially if he's uh, playing white. All right, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, end the stream here. Thank you all so very much. I uh, got a big day today. It's a big week this week. Actually, I guess I'm not ending the stream. <laughs> it's a big week this week. I got some big conversations. Hey, get down. Um, got some big conversations going on. And a uh, big weekend, a lot of travel this weekend, going to the mobile studio for a bit of time. So you'll see a change in the look and feel. But come with me on this journey and um, it'll be a good time. And then by the end of the summer, I'll be into the Buffer Osier Flow Bungalow presented by Red Bull and uh, Palmetto Exterminators. All right, guys. See if we can push it over 200 before I hang up here. David Meese up in here. Oh, thanks, James McQuiggan. Did we just become best friends? Yep. All right. Whew. All right. Thanks, everybody. Be good. I'm going to go get some. Uh... We hit 200. Excellent. Very good. Here we go. Um... All right. A lot of initiatives going on, guys. I'm working on Cyber 101. I'm working on the YouTube course. I'm working on a another course that's like through a like it's a it's a commissioned course but when it releases it'll be free um 
I'm working on a lot of stuff. We got the conference. I'm doing my day job. Um, yeah, my head hurts. Be good, everybody. Thank you all so very much. What a great day. What a great stream. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time for Worldwide Wednesday presented by ACI Learning. We'll see if we can run the world again. We've done it two weeks in a row, which is solid. Super pumped. All the best, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one.